0: We've had our our last game at, um, our last guaranteed game at Allianz, uh, this weekend. What was your, uh, what was your feelings there? Were you, um, were you
1: emotional? Were you, uh, didn't even care, didn't feel that? Um, you know, I didn't really actually honestly think about it till after, after the fucking game was over. I was helping with Tifo, so I was just trying to make sure, like, shit didn't get fucked up and you, like, have your, uh, have to go to the rope store after the after the game <laughs> yeah and then uh and then yeah the game was happening and it was kind of a we'll talk about the game in a little bit but kind of a uh not a super f- exciting game so mind, and then all the, mine was elsewhere yeah and then all of a sudden it was that. all of a sudden it was done and then i was like walking home to pick up my kid from my from uh, my parents house and then it was like oh yeah it was, might be the only game we get to or last game we get to play here this year so i think
0: Odds-wise, I, I, I would bet on us having a, a home playoff game here, so maybe I didn't internalize it there uh, for that reason. Yeah, but, uh, probably. Um, if if that was the last, then it will be too fucking bad.
1: <laughs> it would be. What what was your favorite moment from uh, – I know we have people are talking about that on Twitter. What was your favorite moment from the from the first season at Allianz? From the first season at Allianz? Yeah. Yeah. Um, i'll tell you mine it was yeah, uh once you it was laton like slipping on the turf and then like p- literally picking up the piece of sod and like slamming it into the ground like doing a kung fu punch onto the into the uh into the the what we now know is defective pitch of, of alian's yeah, yeah. field so yeah.
0: zlatan knows his knows his pitches he knows what's going on <laughs> he um, definitely knows his pitches <laughs> um pitches, uh,
1: pitches be crazy Pitches. <laughs> um man i i don't know The
0: season was such a goddamn blur and i only went to like a third of the games i don't know chris lindahl fucking flying a plane over it <laughs>
1: it wasn't my I mean, favorite is a strong moment it's, but like it, it, most was, it was memorable it was, yeah it was, it's gonna it's gonna live on in my
0: mind how about how about trying to uh start sandstorm in the 30th minute of every single game and it never ever happening yeah
1: that uh i also i mean my, like legitimate most favorite probably was uh a couple matches ago, <clears throat> uh, watching uh, overweight security guards try and climb over the the rails to like take down to get team, iron front, get iron front logos off yeah. out of the out of the pitch. C- considering especially how all that stuff shaked out at the end, um, watching fat over overweight security guards or like, like literally kids who like were probably maybe 20 or 21 who, had, who were just like, I don't want to fucking deal with this. Like trying to climb over a non a, a not very easy way to get you know. It's not like the regular <clears throat> stadium, but like watching them try to do that take people's iron front flags and stuff was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs>
0: You
1: won't that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at
0: all seen each other a lot lately but um not for podcast not for podcast no yeah down. yep we did cuz it suck
1: <laughs> well Sorry. no you had, you had some very important shit going on like uh putting together a uh a tifo you know put together went, tifo it went really well
0: it went really well so, it went well largely because of your help <laughs> so
1: i appreciate that okay I, I was a very small part of it but you know i'm happy to happy to help when i can hey, so. everyone's a big part of it yeah. so
0: um anyways i'm glad that's behind us and in front of us We've got um, an awesome week here. It's going to be last week. It's going to be Decision Day, brought to you by AT&T or whatever. Something uh, like that, we've yeah. We've got uh, uh, kind of a, a weird game behind us. Yeah. Of course, we're going to talk about that. And um, we have great questions tonight, so I want to make sure that we, <laughs> we get plenty of time for these excellent questions because they are you – know, a lot of times we get questions like, man, what kind of cheese is the right cheese to have in a grilled cheese? Because I go with the American, but then, like – you know, if, should I be going with a chatter? It seems like it's more of a higher... Cl- just, these are questions. Shut the fuck up. These yeah. are questions. And yeah. They're even soccer-centric. It's yeah. excellent.
1: Um, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> we do that. Before we do that, I want to jump in and just do our regular patreon pitch i'm gonna do it Give very quick because money. i have, because i have another pitch um got two pitches patreon.com backslash the days i know if you like the stuff that you've been hearing uh if you have not yet supported us um every dollar helps uh, it's gonna help us buy a a, a beautiful donate domain uh bangersonly.com. we'll talk yes. about that in a little bit um but uh yeah help support the days that you know um dave's patreon.com backslash the days i know let me jump into my other campaign or my other pitch here which is the dark clouds uh end of the year auction mm-hmm. um we uh, every year the Dark Clouds have a uh, awards ceremony, uh, a fun night that we do um, once the season's over, um, wrapped up. Uh, we give out awards to the uh, to uh, Minnesota United players, um, the Player of the Year, uh, Newcomer of the Year. Um, we give out a occasionally give out a Buzz Lagos Lifetime Achievement Award. We give out awards to Dark Clouds who have done something to make the organization better. Um, just Jackass of the Year, just general uh, Jackassery awards. Um, if you are a dark cloud you should have gotten a link to vote you should vote on those awards you can nominate people for like the iron skillet and the jackass of the year things like that um you also get a chance to vote on uh who you want who you think would be the player of the year newcomer of the year things like that a lot of times players show up actually last year we had uh, um michael boxall um eric miller and um who was the matt Matt Lampson showed up at the at the the awards last year um we, you know, we're going to be doing the awards uh, ceremony and silent auction. Silent auction is going to be benefiting a couple of different charities this year. We haven't locked them down yet, but more than likely we won't be like a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, a charity that we played for for the, the Minnesota soccer podcast, Futsal tournament, um, probably another charity as well. Um, so all the proceeds from the silent auction will go to benefit that. Um, it's going to be at Heart on October 10th. Uh, party starts at around 630. That's generally when the silent auction starts. Silent auction generally is done by nine. So you can you know, hang out for a couple hours. Um, bid on some items um, We have uh, a couple Really cool things we Lined often, up right we now We
0: often put out uh, An opportunity to appear On this Yeah, Yeah, yes. You, you, yes, you, can, you can actually
1: Yeah, you can actually Bid on a, an opportunity To appear on a, an episode Of this podcast um, Some other uh, Minnesota United podcasts As well Tend to uh, Tend to Tend uh, to uh, donate their their uh, space there as well um ours is kind of the ours roll, is the though. biggest one yeah we we generally you know get the the least amount of money but it's the <laughs> it's the most it's the one that's the most bid on everybody <laughs> bids in like one dollar increments <laughs> right so you get like 15 bids on ours but it's like ends up being yeah. like 25 dollars um great. but yeah uh 55 one will probably put theirs up uh two, uh, two united fans always has done it for the last couple of years hopefully be you know some of the other uh if you some of the other fucking podcasts you want to be in the futsal tournament step up. uh step your ass up uh, if you have something else that you want to donate to the silent auction uh you can reach me on twitter at texas Zeller. or just uh slide into my dms or just hit me up uh let me know you want something you want to donate something i'm happy to come pick it up um or if you want to, if you have uh, if you're a manager of a, of a business or a bar or whatever you want to donate gift cards we we get gift cards from all of our partners other places um experiences are always really helpful and and really uh, go a long way and the team donates a bunch of stuff too. the team is going to be donating i believe a, a team signed jersey this year Excellent. um and then the players we asked the, the players a lot of times too to donate you know game use stuff so they'll yeah. donate training cleats, kits, yeah right. training kits cleats uh things that they just don't need anymore um michael boxall last year like i said he came he came but he also donated like a pair of like unused shoes and he wrote this like really nice amazing letter <laughs> for the winner of the shoes <laughs> and they actually showed up and like the person who won the shoes like he actually signed the shoes for them so it was really cool um we're hoping we'll get some players uh you know we're, we're working we're really working on getting miguel abara there um uh, considering that he probably like won't be able to, te- to see with this team anymore well. when we're going to talk a little bit about that uh this game upcoming um yeah so we're hoping we'll, we'll have a few players there um it's a really it's a great it's a great time it's just a fun time to hang out with your friends and it's gonna be october 10th Directly after, so the season will still be going on. Obviously, we'll still have the playoffs, so everybody will still be in in uh, in this in the cities. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the last couple of years, actually, we've had to try and plan it where as, qu- as quickly as possible, but without because otherwise, everyone goes back to their everyone country gets the fuck or out of town. Or whatever, yeah, two know. years ago, we had a uh, uh, we had a lake monster, and uh, Jerry Tayson showed up, and mm-hmm. I got took a bunch of pictures. He actually won, I think, newcomer of the year that year. So, you actually came and like won his award and like, gave a speech and all that. It was really fun and really nice. Um, so, yeah, so we really encourage you all to uh, to come to that. It's October tenth. At the Black Heart in St. Paul, like I said 6:30 is when the party starts. Um, we're working on food, um, some uh, drink specials for that as well. And then, yeah, if you have something you want to donate, um, again, hit me up on Twitter at Texaseller, or you can email uh, partnerships at dark-clouds.com uh, So yeah, so I, thank you for letting me pitch that out. Lovely. Yeah. So.
0: Lovely event. Uh, well, let's look back at LAFC. You want to turn our eyes toward that? Can we? I, I guess. Can we yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a weird game. It, <laughs> Let's was, do it. it was not a, it was not an awful game, but it was it was certainly a weird kind it of was. game. It was.
1: Yeah. It definitely it had a it was a um it was very herky jerky in terms of uh, in terms of like how the play was going on the pitch
0: it was uh momentum shifted yeah uh, yeah well you you
1: missed probably the first whatever 15 20 minutes of the game because you were trying to get shit taken care of and all that um it was very it was weird because the first 20 minutes was very much a a a feeling out phase um for both teams i think they were trying to figure out whether either was going to go for it um i think after about you know 20 minutes or so la realized actually that minnesota was not really really playing trying to play super hard to win that game um uh they think they were hoping you know for kind of what they had in la a few weeks ago where they just sort of like you know play some defense and and get mason toy bangers um Mm -hmm. yeah and uh and la then decided to take it up a notch and really you mostly dominated for the uh the you know second half of the first half the last 25 minutes or so of the first half um and then you know um at halftime game kind of changed for a little bit. Ultimately I think, you know, the result, the 1-1 draw, I think was ultimately I think LA probably will feel a little a little more hard done by, but ultimately I think that was pretty much what the what, you know, what both teams deserved.
0: Yeah, um it was uh So for me, well, let's let's talk about the the questions we always ask here. Yeah. Um so 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 who was good. And I I'm going to I'm going to react to what you said and hop out with who was good. Um Angelo Rodriguez. Was, or we we just started best moment. Uh, My best moment was Angelo Rodriguez getting subbed at the half here. Um, That dude changed the complexion of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It was, he, all of a sudden we're playing on the front foot. He's doing his hold up play type of thing um you know Mason Toy is not running onto the end of uh, balls that are coming his way Mason Toy actually has um um hold up play that's uh, better than people give him credit for but um wasn't getting the ball but but uh, all of a sudden Rodriguez is a stretch in the field he he is providing that hold up play he's even getting in behind guys mm-hmm. um he changed the complexion of the game best moment was probably his introduction uh I don't really I don't often say that about Angelo Rodriguez but here we are <laughs> what was your best moment of this game then
1: you know I, I got to give it to uh, I got to give it to that uh, Michael Boxall goal uh, I mean that's the cliche uh, obviously you score a goal that is the best moment of the game however I will say that <clears throat> because <clears throat> um, that was another great ball by Grey Goose uh, into the box uh, off a of free kick um, he's been doing that with pretty regular consistency like making just really great balls in for the last you know Several months, actually, um, and Michael Boxall has had that exact same header um, this year, probably four or five times, and it's been mm. close. He's been so yeah, close. Yeah. He's either he's either hit the frame, um, been a save has been made, <clears throat> like, like a great goalkeeper save, or he's hit he's hit at the bar. Uh, for him to get it, um, especially considering um, how he had played in the first half, uh, like he was vastly improved in the second half. Just getting that goal was was absolutely huge, and I, you know, ultimately. <clears throat> Sort of one B through C for me is um, kind of echoing off of what you said. Angelo just making runs mm-hmm. and, like, running past players on LAFC. I don't think I've ever seen Michael uh, Angelo Rodriguez actually run, like, out pace a player well
0: and let's be clear it happened because lafc's playing on the front foot and, and he's getting behind, sure
1: but know. even but even still like I, no. I, Angel rigas did not, not i don't think i've ever seen angelo rigas actually outrun a player and he did that several times and he created some great opportunities for himself mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah that's uh I, but i have to give it to michael boxall's uh goal um especially considering that it came you know less than five minutes after la had scored um and game looked like they had you know they were on the front foot for the most like most of that second half um or for large swaths of that second half, where there'd be some like back and forth from Minnesota, would you know, with with Angelo, uh, you know, holding up and, and making runs, um, they would have bits and pieces where they were looking good. But like LA had, you know, they had sort of taken control of the game at that point um, and looked like they were gonna, you know, if they put that first one in, looked like they might put two or you know, one or two more in and for Minnesota to um, uh, react like they did um, and get that goal so quickly thereafter um, really turn the tide because that, you know, that crowd could have turned and you know it was was not a great night it was kind of a miserable like wet you know rainy night and in the fact that you know we're able to um you know counteract the goal that la had scored with our goal of our own to equalize four minutes later and then you know for honestly you're right like L.A. had most of the front foot for the rest of the game, but there was obviously opportunities for Minnesota Mm. and some very good opportunities for Minnesota to almost steal three points there. Yeah,
0: well, that segues into my worst moment of the game then, which is probably the 19 or 20 Angelo Rodriguez misses up close. Uh, See, he he did a great job putting himself into great positions and not even just getting one-on-one with the goalkeeper, which he was at least three times. Um, but in, in, a, in a dangerous part of the field. He's in the center of the field, so it's really tough for a goalkeeper to start playing the angles game and giving him uh, reduced opportunities there. But he can't make a dribble around him. He can't put the ball on frame or he can't knock, knock it right into the, the keeper. I mean, uh, we always talk about Angelo Rodriguez. If we're going to talk positively about Angelo Rodriguez, it's always about his intangibles. Like, yeah, you got to watch the hold up play, man. got to see what he does off the ball. You got to see the way he stretches. At some point, if you're going to play a striker in a four-two-three-one, you got to be able to put the ball on the back of the net. And the dude just has never had his finishing boots on, and he fucking needs to. And uh, even though I, I I felt really good about how he played uh, that night, and some nights are like that. And when he missed, you could see the the frustration and the passion there. It wasn't mm-hmm. pitiful frustration. It was it was I got to get this. I got yeah. you know like it was intensity, which was great. But he never got that goal, and he's put
1: the it's, ball in the fucking net. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I can't really argue with that. I, I mean, I was, I will say, just again, I want to be probably the more cliche one on the podcast tonight. That Vela goal. Um, now, obviously, granted, Carlos Vela is, you know, one of the best players that MLS has ever seen. Um, Thirty-one goals ties Joseph Martinez for, you know, the the, the league uh, highest ever. Um, he'll probably get it next week since they're playing Colorado. Um, it sucked that he got the tying goal against us, um, but uh, the not so much that he got that goal because I, as I mentioned, I think. That goal was coming for LAFC. Um, <clears throat> it was the way he got it. It was the fact that um, Mowimbe, uh, um, you know, had was, was uh, cutting him down, um, but he cut him down the wrong way and, and allowed Vela to take that shot on his left foot, it, you know, mm-hmm. th- where he scores yep. three-fourths of his goals. You know, 75% of his goals are off of his left foot. Um, if he takes just a, a better angle... Um, he forces Vela to put that onto his right foot, and you know what? If you force a, a striker like that to put it onto their onto their bad foot um, or their weaker foot, and they score a goal, uh, that's there's not much more you can do there, right? right? right. That's that gives um, you know it, it. But allowing him to to you know take that off of it on his left foot, and again, it's a small thing, it's a little yeah. thing, but it's it's what it's literally the only thing when you are in um, practice all week. The only thing you're working on, or th- literally, if you if this is not the only thing you're working on, then you should be the coach should be fired. But you should be working on making sure that like you're not letting that player take it on their left foot, yeah, or whatever their dominant foot is, right? Where, you know, you know the the, the potential players who would be playing against you. Um, so, you know, Bob Bradley was going to. He want Bob Bradley wanted to win that game. He didn't want to you know lose to Minnesota United or, or, or concede to Minnesota United. So. Um, the fact that he just allowed that to happen—that is—was the worst moment. But again, it counteracted like within you know within minutes mm-hmm. by my best moment of the game, so I can't really harp on it too much.
0: Uh, well, and, and and that goal, although the moment is lousy, it was more the product of sustained pressure. Yes, that Brian LA
1: Rodriguez had so. made it had made a great run and a great yeah. pass. Like there was yes, it was clearly it felt like something was coming for LA. So yeah, yeah. Um, again, like, the fact that we were able to counter so quickly was was you know again the more so the yeah, goal than screwed. anything else the best moment of the game was the fact that we we didn't concede and that's been you know kind of a consistent um that had been a consistent thing with minnesota is that we'd give up that goal and then it would, we would just immediately tear it out cycle. like we like, yeah no, we'd, we're screwed um that's been the that's been the sort of antithesis of, of what minnesota has done this year and, and we we you know we we haven't we didn't talk about sporting kansas city but like was basically the same thing like sporting kansas city scores and then we come back and score um tie it up and then win the game and that's that's heart. been yeah, it's been compared to what we were a year ago or two years ago. That's that's saying a hell of a lot. Yeah, so absolutely. Well, what was
0: your most what-the-fuck moment of the game?
1: Um, you know, I'm going to say it was Adrian Heath not using three subs. And I'm going to say it specifically for this reason. Um, Miguel Ibarra is probably not ever going to see Minnesota United <laughs> field ever again. Um, I don't think he's going to play against Seattle on uh, Sunday. I doubt I would be – Extremely doubtful He's going to see the playoffs Mm -hmm. Um, The last opportunity That Minnesota had That Minnesota fans Had to see Miguel Labara Was on Sunday And I I understand It was uh, It was a Not great game um, For him In terms of like We're trying to Secure home field advantage Right Um, So I totally understand if you're not playing him because you're bringing on attacking players because you're trying to win the game mm-hmm. um, to secure home field advantage and considering when you had Robin Lude who was basically playing in the role that Miguel Barr has been playing most of the year and has was basically a fucking ghost the entire game was non-existent um, if you had brought in maybe Ethan Finley to try and Gin gin up some some luck and and score right. a goal. I could see okay that's makes sense that Miguel Abarra didn't get it to get a chance to play because you're either you probably wasn't gonna get a chance to play unless we were they were getting their ass kicked or they were you know or they were beating the hell out of LAFC right, which right. you know of course didn't happen. Mm-hmm. However, if you're not going to use your third sub to try and win the fucking game, um, why number one why the fuck do you have three subs and why the fuck aren't you using it to give Miguel Abara? two minutes at the end of the game when he's good he can do the defensive job that Robin Lute has been not doing because yeah, Robin Lute yeah. was very, basically I don't I don't remember ever seeing Robin Lute in the defensive half <clears throat> sure he was in the defensive half I but I don't ever remember seeing, seeing him the there pitch. you know for sure Miguel Ibarra is going to get in that defensive half if, if you're trying to like if you even if you're trying to like maintain the draw and just get the point and get out of there mm-hmm. Miguel Ibarra is is probably the, the one of the best suited players you have on your bench to do it mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't use three subs um if they had used three subs and they used one on Ethan Finlay to like try and get the win, I would've been like, okay, totally fine. I understand that. Mm-hmm. It sucks that Miguel Barb didn't get one last chance to play on the Allianz Field um, as a as a as a loon. But I get it. You're trying to you're trying to get the three points and secure <clears throat> home field. Um, the fact that Adrian Heath refused to do that was like just was like, you know, was almost a fuck you to like the people who've been following the team for so long and who care about Miguel. I mean. I don't know if you remember like when Miguel Ibarra got announced the first time uh as a substitute onto the, the pitch at Allianz mm-hmm. the fucking roar of the crowd yeah. was amazing it wasn't just the supporters
0: group everyone was there knew everybody
1: yeah. and it was it might have been the loudest that like that Allianz was I mean I, I'm sure there's other louder times but like for early on it was very early on in the season um th- that was one of the loudest and I was like I got like, holy shit like this is I was in the in the sports section I was like I can't believe how fucking loud it is and then when I rewatched the game I was like holy shit it was really fucking loud on the broadcast mm-hmm. like that's not that's not something you hear all the time no very rarely especially in MLS and especially with Minnesota um not giving not giving Miguel that one last run out just really felt like a like a fuck you to Miguel and and to the fans who have been supporting this team for for so long like yeah. before MLS before NASL days like it's just it, that really felt like uh, like a fuck and I'm sure it was like an you know, it was a you know, an inadvertent um fuck you, but it's it feels like there's been a lot of those from Adrian Heath, so a lot of inadvertent that's, Yeah, Or just like, you know, backhanded fuck you is like, Oh, I'm yeah. not even gonna acknowledge that you exist. So it uh, just really feels real bad. <laughs> Anyways,
0: yeah. yeah. Um I, I think for me the most what the fuck moment is honestly just um Darwin put his head on a ball and almost scored. I mean, he actually, he, he actually, he got up over a guy. Yeah, he, he wasn't did. Just uncontested either. He yeah. got up over a guy. Uh, Darwin's, I think, uh, four foot three on a tall day. And, that that uh,
1: guy must feel real bad that he got someone, that Darwin got over him. He got post by Darwin. Yeah, yeah.
0: The ball didn't go in, so that would have been a pretty legendary uh, moment. But uh, yeah. God bless him. Um, who was your uh, Freddie Adu Award winner for the best player of the game?
1: Uh, this is more of a. combination of of the two games um, uh, Vito Manone uh, played out like out of his mind the last couple of matches Um, you know but for uh, his double save on Wednesday uh, Sporting Kansas City probably beats us three to nothing Um, he played out of his mind against LAFC Uh, I I read a stat today I believe that uh, Vito Manone had Thirty-eight saves in September, which was ten more than any other goalkeeper in MLS. Right, right. Like um, far and away. Yeah, that dude's a fucking wall, and, and he's been he's been getting. It's weird. He's been getting better as the season has gone on. Um, I remember there's a lot of talk early on in the season about how like his positioning wasn't great, and he was basically a, a just a slightly better Bobby Shuttleworth. And I think hopefully that's put most people, those hey, people have put been have, been, yeah. have sh- been shut up um, that vito manone is is a is a significantly better keeper than bobby shuttleworth we paid a lot of money for him everybody sort of like kind of laughed at minnesota for paying paying him like hundred twenty five thousand dollars something a year um he's making or more than that actually he's making a lot of money he's like mm-hmm. the third highest goalkeeper in the league um but you know when you look at the results that we've gotten totally Probably totally worth it
0: top top three goalkeeper in the yeah league, so there you go
1: yeah so who's your star of the game
0: you know what i i I gave him some hard shit before but i kind of got to give it to angelo rodriguez the complexion of the game changed as soon as he came in his runs were perfectly timed his hold-up play was good he stretched the field um i wish the ball would have gone in the net but uh i also don't think that without his sustained movement uh that we end up getting the the um the tying goal either so um I think you are right. 100%. I give it to Angelo Rodriguez. So, who's your Freddie Award winner for the shittiest player of this game at all time?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I you know I mentioned Michael Boxall and best moment of the game. I think his first half was was not great. Um, yeah. There is a lot of balls that went through that uh, you know LaFC had some really good opportunities to score in the first half, and but for um, some great track tracking back by uh both Ike and uh uh Moembe um and some great goalkeeping by Vito Minnesota could have been down early in this game um and so I would say Boxy's first half was probably for me the shittiest player of the game, but he totally fucking redeemed himself with that second half in, in terms of not just the goal, but also like he really he really like nailed down on defense and like was yeah. playing much, much better in the second half. So yeah. I you know, again, we're we're to the point now with the team where we don't I mean, there wasn't really a shittiest player of the game. Like that's I have to say, like his first half was kind of shitty. Yeah, yeah, And, you know, potentially cost the team, but you know, for the most part, I feel like I know who you're gonna say. The end. Yeah. What do you got for the shittiest player well, of
0: the game? The kind of plays off what you just said. I give it to Robin Lude. not because he was um, egregiously shitty, but he was a ghost at best most of the evening. Yeah. Um, just have not found a way to get him involved in the attack, and it doesn't help that the build up we tend to prefer building up on the right side. And but maybe he can be a part of us, not needing to build up on the right side too. I don't know, uh, Robin. Sorry. Well, as, as I say. Um, if you if you're leaving batman on the bench and you're playing robin instead you're, you're doing something wrong
1: yeah it's been it's weird because i you know i'm i'm with you on, on robin Lude. i just i think he he definitely needs some time to bet in with the team and i, I think there was there's actually a lot of the same um a lot of the same sort of accusations are being leveled at Jan gray goose after the first like you know fourth of the season or whatever where people were mm-hmm. like gray goose is not you know he's not He's not a DP. He's not playing well. And, and he just needs some time um, to sort of gel with with Ozzy and with uh, Ike and, and Michael Boxall in the back line and be able to like, connect with those guys and then connect to the front. I think it's even more so with, um, with the attackers and with Robin Lude is that, you know, you're right. He's never he's never been bad. Like, he's never been out and out bad. He's He's been mostly non-existent uh, he's,
0: he's never he's not a guy who's in the right place at the right time yeah you he, well, he, he can stretch the field there's but
1: yeah though. there's and there's been a few there's been a few opportunities where he's been he's actually made some really great runs or had some really great passes mm-hmm. and created some space and you know he's been wide open in front of the goal like several times and, and just fucking Alexi Gomez at the ball <laughs> um which is not what you not the not the uh, the verb you want to be uh you know uh, no, related to that's um so I think he I think he's I think he will be fine I think it's just it probably takes more time with the, but the, especially the particular type of offense um, and the fluidity that sort of Minnesota wants to have on offense with mm-hmm. Quintero and Molino and, and switching spaces and places and things like that. Um, Lute is quick and he is, you know, he is incisive in terms of his passing. I just he has not just gelled; he's just not gelled. And mm-hmm. when you have um, someone in the team where you know that they they can play in that system, mm-hmm. like Miguel Ibarra, um, and you are consistently playing a guy. Who is clearly not on the same page yet? Mm-hmm. It just it reeks of something. Sex tapes.
0: Fucking shit is what it reeks of. And sex tapes. S- shit, sex tapes. And sex tapes. <laughs> shit and sex tapes. <laughs> I think we got a podcast title yeah. here. Okay, well let's put this one to bed. Um, yeah, uh, it was a weird game. It but, was. Um, you know what? You get a draw against a team that's
1: probably going to make the uh, record for most points. Uh, you can't feel that bad about it. We've we've uh we've kept LAFC to one goal in 180 minutes. Um I don't one know of the most
0: di- another team that's played them that much. No, can say the, the same. The
1: den- most dynamic offense uh, in MLS history possibly and we've yeah. So it kind of you know leading into sort of the playoffs like it, I feel I mean I obviously not super confident about playing LAFC but I'm I, I, LAC doesn't scare me The way that some yeah. other teams in, in the Western Conference And teams in the Eastern Conference Scare me So let's leave it at that For right yeah. now They're mortal Yeah um, Other United news uh, Oh hey Our turf sucks balls um, That was the uh, the headline From uh, the athletic uh, story Literally uh, uh, Anyways Finds They're out They're turning it, into dead spin Yeah <laughs> Pretty much yeah Jeff Reuter is uh, yeah becoming uh shitty billy billy hazel from Deadspin hates mls um so anyways we uh i don't know if you saw on twitter they they literally uh scraped the turf off the pitch after the match on uh on sunday um it's gone now and uh now it is That's being uh, replaced off
0: to rio okc yeah
1: off to, you know, <laughs> um being replaced by uh some turf from Wisconsin um hopefully the Wisconsin turf is much better than the Colorado turf uh, in my experience uh Colorado grass has been way better than Wisconsin grass but uh i mean i'm just i'm just i'm just one man God damn. So, <laughs> so anyways uh th- also, we also found out that there were some apparently there's some draining drainage issues that the team was probably going to need to re-, re re like um address after the season as well um but yeah i mean they're putting a brand new turf down what 14 days 15 days before they host a uh american college football match is and that,
0: is that is it really that many days
1: uh yeah i want to say it so it's not we don't host so yeah it would be or no maybe it's yeah anyways it's not it's only a few weeks it's like it's like two and a half weeks or whatever before they host the college football okay. game and then potentially host a uh memos playoff game the next the next day okay. i'm sure it'll be fine. so i'm sure it'll be not bad at all um the grass is
0: always greener <laughs>
1: yeah whatever yeah i don't exactly. know whatever the thing i was uh, was. So in terms of uh, team of the week, uh, Michael Boxel uh, made team of the week. Uh, Hassani Dotson made the bench for the team of the week. And Adrian Heath, uh, his four point week against Sporting Kansas City and LAFC, is coach of the week. Um, I think probably rectifying a mistake they made when they didn't make him coach of the week when he beat LA in LA. And then he this tactical genius and then, then shit the bed against said Houston about MLS.com yeah. slash
0: org and then so they're like, well we better. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's some uh, playoff scenarios We're not going to go through all of them Basically, it comes down to this If Minnesota United uh, beats Seattle um, They're going to clinch second place um, If they draw with Seattle um, it's They need basically LA uh, Galaxy To not win in order to be the second seed um, If they get a draw with Seattle They will host a playoff game for sure mm-hmm. Um so yeah you're, it's very simple you win or you get a draw in seattle and you host a playoff game if you lose um you have some work or there needs to, some other teams need to do some work for you um and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get closer to or we talk about the games all right uh let's talk about the game that's coming up we got Fun seattle sounders seattle. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah so so the easiest thing to do for from a playoff standpoint would be to win against seattle of course yes so we should just do that yes that would be that'd be ideal it way easier so um, for all the I noticed in the notes you wrote Seattle Sounders for all the Tostitos yes <laughs> is there a reference there that's I mean a, I love Tostitos
1: yeah that, well I know that's for that's uh, um, I a I can't remember who the college football announcer was but uh it was the Tostitos Bowl. Was it was the <laughs> national championship one year, and and he said this was for all the Tostitos. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah. Perfect. So that's that's my that's my that, that is the reference there. Um, basically, yeah. I mean, whoever you know, if it really comes down to, if, if <laughs> I think I, I'm glad I'm glad you really got that one. <laughs> um, so it comes down to like it does, like which team wants it more, and and does a team want it more is the other question too. Like, you know, I you know I think. We, you can reasonably make the the argument that you know a a draw would be the best for both teams the gentleman's draw
0: yeah you um go in there and say why don't we just stand around pass back and forth for 90 minutes we both get a home playoff game and we don't have any injuries
1: yep eh. yep and uh so the i mean the question there for seattle is whether they uh you know they have to be thinking about it from a, a perspective too is is do they have more faith in a, uh, a second round meeting with the galaxy um, or more faith in a second round meeting against Minnesota um, or a, a lesser team than Minnesota, assuming, you know, they think, you know, they might think Minnesota, you know, goes, plays Portland, Portland um, comes and beats Minnesota at home or San Jose or whomever. Um, and then they got some other team coming to them for the second round of the playoffs. So, you know, that is the, that is sort of the calculus that, you know, both teams are trying to do. Um, and I, you know, I, who the hell knows i don't think either team um, will play for a draw i mean i think minnesota would be probably the team more likely to be playing for a draw than than seattle although i think that is i think that would be foolish for yeah. minnesota i think minnesota should be going into this game trying to get as much as they possibly can out well, of it i
0: don't think you can program players to go out there and play for oh a draw. no 100%. they're going to play for the win and, and, and um, it the seeding really does shake out here you want to be playing a different team and you want that additional home game if you can get it yep they're going to be playing for the win no matter what uh, um but it could behoove them to play to something like a friendly arrangement. Sure. Whatever.
1: We're not. Uh, this is not a, uh, Asian football. I don't think there's going to be uh, any fixes. Um, so who's good on uh, Seattle?
0: Clint Dempsey, Femi <laughs> Martins, uh, Eddie Johnson. These are just names that come to mind. Yep. Um, of course. Not.
1: No, those, those are the natural names that come to mind.
0: Yes. Uh, other than those names. Um, yeah, Chad Marshall Brad Chad, well, Chad Marshall is still there yeah, yeah, <laughs> they,
1: they,
0: they, they hung his They hung his jersey but they forgot to <laughs> Tell him, him to that take, he take the, the jersey off It's just he can't Chad display. Marshall is hanging From, <laughs> the, from the rafters So uh, they, have a, they have a really good um, I would say front five or six Raul Ruiz Diaz um is is putting in the goals for him 11 goals in the, the season this year an opportunity spot for them was having like a dedicated uh, striker who'd get the job done and um Ruiz Diaz has been pretty good there um Jordan Morris actually really good too um he's on 10 goals and seven assists and he's yeah. actually had six goals and six assists in the last yeah like Ta- quarter of the season so he's actually really hot
1: <laughs> yeah, right talk now. about a dude who looks like a chud dude he's, he, that's a
0: he looks so he <laughs> he's really fast. And he yes. does not look like a guy who no. would be really fast. Yeah, He looks like a slow
1: guy. He also like is apparently very intelligent and he definitely has very he definitely has like high soccer intelligence. It's not like looks like a fucking like like a bro's bro. He look
0: like he should be swinging a shirt around in the stands yelling <laughs> yelling some yes. Uh, fucking Yes. He does not look epithet. like a
1: guy who I would like would envision as like my, you know, uh, number nine or number ten, right? And, no. But he plays—he plays like a hell of one man, yeah. and, and especially you know, recently.
0: Uh, and and pat Jordan Morris on the back. He spent the entire entirety of last year out with an ACL injury, and now he's coming back. Ten goals, seven assists, and been yeah. hot when they've needed him. Uh, yeah. So so good on Jordan Morris. Uh, you can't overlook the like the playmakers in the midfield. Uh, yeah. Nico Lodero, if if this guy dies then that's it, you know, the, the, this guy is the heartbeat of Seattle and then uh, Christian Roldan is is another midfielder who's um, played just about every minute that's been available to him too. Yep. So so they they great through the build up and they've got even a great bench up front, like uh, dudes like uh, Will Bruin and Harry Ship, some of these like MLS veterans. If you have yeah. to call on them, you're gonna do okay. Yeah. Did I miss any names? Here? Uh, they, one thing I'll think I, up, think I said all the names. Yeah,
1: I, one, I mean, one thing he's not been super great this year, but uh, has been uh, a stellar uh, backstop for Seattle's Stephen Fry. Oh yes, um, you know, probably arguably. Each year of the last three years, you could argue, you know, whether it's him or Tim Malia or you know Jesse Gonzalez, you know, occasionally, um, you know, goalkeeper of the year contender. This year again, not as great. Um, I think a little of that might be do with uh, a little bit of their defense. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that in a hot second here. But um, Stefan Fry is liable to, you know, stand on his head and, and keep a game uh, uh, tight and close for Seattle. Yeah, of, so. of all
0: the things that Stefan Fry does, it like it's it's his shot stopping. Yeah, you, you have goalkeepers with great footwork great positioning who can command a back line all these other things his thing is just putting his body in front of the net in front of the ball somehow
1: yeah yep 100 incredible yeah so um so talking about who sucks uh i think you gotta start the back line for...
0: I, well yeah yeah it really starts and ends at the back line so they they've had they've had absolute um like center back by committee situation going on this year uh, finally, kind of thought that they had something like a solution here with um, Javier Ariaga. He's going to be out because he managed to double yellow himself out uh, in, in the most recent game against uh, against the Quakes. So he's going to be out of it. So you know we're going to be. I mean, who are we going to be looking at? Uh, <laughs> do, do you do you resurrect Chad Marshall? The, the Maybe. The, uh, I, are I your so, your
1: you? your favorite uh, your favorite player Nohu Tolo?
0: Well, so yeah, so so Nuutolo he he tends to play on the outside, and I've been I've been saying for two years, three years now that Nuutolo sucks, <laughs> and um, Seattle has not gotten the message. But finally this year he's basically playing as a sub. He's playing often as a sub, but that's part of the problem. So so I'm going to throw a statistic at you, and this will tell you what their defense looks like. He has nine starts this year and 22 appearances. That means that he is being subbed on more often than he's being started and he's being subbed on a lot that means that on a regular basis at least what's my math 13 times you're using your substitutions to replace defenders on the outside you're not putting yourself in great positions if that's the case and uh
1: and yeah yeah i mean argue i'll throw in there brad smith in terms of who sucks um he was subbed off um in the last match against san jose um, um san jose uh, you know shit the bed at the death and seattle won at the death and created the situation where we're in where we need to win this game in order to uh secure a second a second seed um they subbed off uh brad smith their left back um in the 88th minute while well, the game was still zero zero for roman torres <laughs> so roman torres, my man yeah um yeah so this this back line is uh it's not great uh, not great at all
0: no it's not and you used to be able to to, to rely on like joven jones joven jones is the guy you want who is a fucking center back who can get forward he's, he's, he's playing awesome. well, he's
1: playing as a midfielder or a winger yeah, in, yeah
0: in, that, that's that's what's that's just so weird about it to me yeah, yeah used to be able to comment on that guy um kim key he has actually put it minutes out of the defense he's been fine yeah he's he's box all quality to yeah. me like you know you can upgrade on top of him but yeah. he's been fine um but he's played a ton of minutes. says, yeah, it's, it's it, the – so we, we've talked a lot about players and statistics and stuff like that. But honestly, their back line has put them – they've tried to play them out of games recently. Like, holy shit. Um, they've needed when they've succeeded to be bailed out by their offense. And it's been a big down-the-stretch problem. It's not like their defense has been – um egregiously awful all the time all season but they are letting them down um heavily here down the stretch and um it's not just about the number of goals conceded they're allowing a lot of opportunities uh, a, a high number of unexpected goals um positionally they're they're just a, a mess a lot of that has to do with personnel change i think but um i think we could take advantage of that i, I hope we can
1: yeah <clears throat> i mean in the last uh six games they conceded three to the galaxy two to colorado two to the red bulls uh they had zero against fc dallas but that was a zero zero draw two to dc united they conceded zero to san jose which seems to be completely shitting the bed at this point like they're just going into an absolute free fall so i think this uh defense is definitely liable to get scored on yeah and i yep. think minnesota can can score goals so how do you yep. see minnesota lining up against um uh, seattle yeah um <laughs> So we've got something like a
0: default lineup, which it has always felt like we've had. Um, I think Chase Gasper um, comes back in as fullback. He was obviously out this most recent game with a with a suspension.
1: Although uh, Mohamed, I mean, other than that, that, that sort of one mistake against Vela, like acquitted himself fairly well in the left back role. So yeah, he had a good yeah.
0: game. I. Um, so, so if 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 he retained that role, if Moimbe um, kept it, I mean, I, I think whether Moembe or Gasper, I, I don't.
1: I, I, there's not. I don't think there's much difference in there. Like other than Moimbe, g- Moimbe gets forward a little bit more than Gasper does. Which yeah, I, and I think if that's you if, true, yeah. if you are if you are you know thinking you're you're going to play this game a little bit more conservatively if you're Minnesota, then I could definitely see Gasper being called on to sort of be the you know the safety the safety valve. Moimbe will definitely wants he definitely wants to get forward and he definitely will try mm-hmm. to get forward. So. I think that is like the one the one question or question mark but i like want you, you you lay it out because you i think you have it pretty much spot on
0: well so yeah i mean we've had the choice between moembe and um chase gasper before and i've seen us choose chase gasper a lot of times so i i think that we go back to that well again here um i think that uh, Hassani hasani dodson probably starts on the bench um and then you get a midfield that you know just that traditional two-man midfield of jan gregush and uh, ozzy lonzo um,
1: yeah, Ozzy gets to start again for sure. I'll, I'll in, in Seattle, Seattle. <laughs> that would be a real
0: dick move to not put him out on the field. Uh, and then up top, you've got Robin Lud on the left. Uh, you've got, as, as long as everybody's healthy and everything, uh, Kevin Molino on the right. Darwin doing the number 10 thing. And then I think Mason Toy is reintroduced um, as the forward. I think that no matter what happened this last game against LAFC, I think that you have to still consider Mason Toy to be nominally our starting striker. And I also believe that at this point Heath sees it that way, and maybe that's more important. Um, Lude, I'd love to see somebody start up than Lude. I, 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 like you said, maybe he needs time to play into it. I don't know. I, don't, I, I would love, love to find a way to make uh, Kevin Molino and Ethan Finley work at the same time, um, but that's not what I think is going to happen. I think Lude will get out there, and I think we're going to try to play this one a little bit more on the front foot than we did against um, LAFC, even though it's on the road. Uh, i think that we know that they're they have a defensive weakness and i think that we're gonna see an opportunity to exploit it rather than feeling that we need a bunker in
1: sure that'd be great um i mean you, do you see any opportunity potential Ozzy like gets a little too aggressive and uh goes in a little too hard on a tackle in this game no. i mean he's been he's been fairly fairly good about that this year yeah. he, he definitely like blows some people up on occasion he's he's
0: the guy's a veteran. He's he's not gonna he's yeah. not gonna do something to get himself suspended or put himself in a precarious situation injury wise or something like that. I think he's gonna play smart. And he he knows what he's doing. Uh, the emotions sure will probably be high, but I I don't know why he would feel like he has to go in and start breaking uh, ankles or anything. Yeah,
1: um, I w- it wouldn't surprise me too. So I I kind of I hundred percent agree with like what your what that starting lineup probably looks like. Um, you know, based on you know things we I that we saw from like Andy Grader, uh. uh former guest in this podcast um
0: (laughs) that's what he's most known
1: yes uh Thomas apparently Thomas Chacon looked very good in practice uh this week so it sounds like he probably I mean it wouldn't surprise me if he gets uh some playing time um in this match you know as a as a sub in like the 60th minute or whatever and Rodriguez too I think I think uh you know it was it was interesting the the play changed dramatically when Rodriguez came on for toy Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that is um Rodriguez like being in the doghouse and just deciding he needed to bust his ass for a while and and show that if he that's what he's going to bring in his uh, short you know substitute appearances between now and and through the playoffs that's great. Um, I feel the same way about Chacon. I think the the team really wants Chacon uh, to potentially be that sort of you know thirty minute difference maker in the playoffs. So it definitely would not surprise me no matter what how the game is going um, to see both uh, 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 Rodriguez and Chacon come on um as substitutes for probably toy and lewd um
0: Be a cool combo to see.
1: yeah and then depending on how things are going you know maybe seeing Dotson slide into um into you know maybe either uh for you know for gasper depending on how things are going if you're trying to like get a little more aggressive um but yeah i mean we had that's the nice thing is like we actually actually we actually have uh we actually have backups that can mm-hmm. come in and like change a game uh, yeah which we de- we've we've like this that's a luxury that we haven't we haven't really had even this year early in the year like we still like we didn't really have game-changing substitutes I think we actually have game-changing substitutes nowadays a
0: bit has been I, I'm not I don't mean to go too far into the defense uh, of Adrian Heath on this but that always been the one thing I would say uh, when people would be like why didn't you use a sub and why did he sub this guy like do you really think that you know you you trudge out colin warner all of a sudden do you think that that's going to be the game i I, again i'm not trying to defend him too much because i i do think that his substitution strategies are confounding at best um but yeah that has always been in the back of my mind when somebody would say that i'd be like really like who (laughs) <laughs> we, we, yeah. Dude, we got shit on the field, and it's just more shit on the bench. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, fortunately, we're past those days. Uh, what's the score gonna be?
1: Uh, you know, I have I have Minnesota getting the job done, uh, not winning, but I have them uh, securing at least a point uh, that secures us uh, a, a number or a home, a home playoff, playoff game, game. And uh, I think we, I think it's one one. I think, I think you're right. I think it, ultimately both teams come out. I think both teams play fairly well. I think there's maybe an early goal, an early, an early uh, equal or early equalizer, and then both teams sort of you know maybe they go into halftime see scores for the uh, the other games and decide they just gonna play out the string
0: mm. i um i see us losing i think we're snake bitten against seattle to be honest with we you, we've never beaten seattle yeah. in mls and i guess so. you don't wear different teams here and blah 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 but I don't, I don't know I don't, I,
1: it's weird these teams are very similar so we we both 15 8 and 10 um we've scored 52 goals they've scored 51 we've given up 42 they've given up 49 So, like the biggest difference is that like, the goals allowed mm-hmm. we're very similar teams in terms of yeah. a lot of things and even i think a, a lot of uh, our strengths are counterbalanced by their strengths you know like mm-hmm. our strengths is i think really is our defense at least in the second half of the season mm-hmm. and okay. seattle's strength is definitely their their front five their attacking right. five and so, so. our weakness is you know has been up until you know, <clears throat> has been for the sort of second half of the season, our offense, our offense has not been firing on all cylinders, so the qu- and it, their their weakness is their <laughs> is their defense, right? So
0: the yeah, so the the question ultimately is 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 this going to play out to a is it nil nil draw? Yeah, <laughs>
1: which I, I could easily see happening. Yeah. I mean, they played to a one one draw in Minnesota earlier this year. Um, and again i think ultimately you know if if things are if you know they look at the scores at halftime and again granted you can't take anything for granted because you know la galaxy can score goals like crazy um i don't you know, have so much faith in rsl to score goals like crazy mm-hmm. but uh you know they're both on the road um playing teams and we'll talk about that in a in a second here um i think you know they might look at the scoreboard see things going in their favor and just decide you know what let's just let's just string it out maybe you know especially if, LA, if seattle has a as a lead they're gonna they're gonna playback they're not going to be pushing for a second goal which may allow minnesota to snag that like late you know late equalizer to get the one one draw that's, right. that's where my that's where my thinking is so all right.
0: well, god i hope you're right it'd be nice I'll leave it but, but I hope
1: you're right. all right uh, so let's talk about decision day um all games are kicking off at 3 p.m central time brought um, to you by AT&T. yeah brought to you by at&t uh and we have fc dallas hosting the sporks of kansas city sporks have nothing to play for fc dallas um could get knocked out of the playoffs um They need a lot of things to happen, but I don't think it happens because I think FC Dallas wins this game fairly handily, uh, three to one.
0: Yeah, sporting (laughs) sucks. Dallas got something to play for, and Dallas is at home. Dallas is gonna win
1: two to nothing. Yeah. Uh, LAFC hosts Colorado. uh, I said Colorado Avalanche, (laughs) Colorado Rapids. Um, LAFC uh, has nothing to play for. Um, I would 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 seriously not surprise me if they rest a bunch of their starters. Colorado, on the other hand, could (laughs) sneak into the playoffs. Weirdly enough. Um, a lot of math. Has they need. To they need a lot a of in. things to happen for them for that to happen. But uh, I don't think it actually ultimately happens. I think uh, LAFC probably plays most of their backups and they still win handily, four to nothing.
0: Yeah, they're just that good. I agree.
1: Yeah, Portland, San Jose. This is a loser leaves town match. Uh, whoever wins this game basically makes it to the playoffs. Um, San Jose definitely needs a win. Uh, Portland can get away with a draw. Um, and uh, I have Portland win this game at home, uh, two to one.
0: Yeah, th- these two teams have been trying to just on an early vacation this year they seem desperately not to want to make the playoffs uh, San Jose's been so poor lately and Portland's at home I have to just give that edge to Portland and call it a one nothing
1: yeah. uh, all right uh, speaking of two teams who have nothing to play for Orlando City and Chicago uh, who the fuck cares
0: 17 to 13. Yeah,
1: Vancouver hosts RSL. This one matters for RSL. They're trying to sneak into a, uh, a home-round uh, playoff match. Um, they're at Vancouver. I think Vancouver uh, gets the job done. I mean, they're a really bad team. Um, I think they've actually locked up the number one overall seed for the uh, uh, number one overall pick for the or No, actually, they haven't. Nope, they have not. They have Cincinnati in the, in the draft. Buy up, buy up, buy up. But they're the worst or team in uh, in the Western Conference by buy a little bit here um i think they i think they salvage so a little bit of their season and they get a 2-2 draw against rsl i'll
0: i'll buy into that yeah
1: yeah i don't know why i i think just rsl's not not a good team either
0: yeah that's the thing yeah so they like uh <laughs> so they're they're trying to play their way into a home playoff spot and all this kind of stuff yeah they're still thoroughly mediocre
1: that's it yeah uh, DC United hosts FC Cincinnati. Um, not much to play for. DC United's in the playoffs. They're trying to secure the, that home playoff spot. Basically, all they need to do is win this game. And I think if you can't beat FC Cincinnati, you do not deserve to host a playoff spot. So oh, damn right, yeah. DC yeah. United uh, w- wins that one five to nothing. Yeah, three to nothing. Yeah. Uh, Montreal Impact hosts the New York Red Bulls. Uh, Montreal Impact losing to add the aforementioned FC Cincinnati last week. FC uh, Cincinnati's last home game. Um, or Montreal cannot make the playoffs. Uh, no one else can. In the, the basically the Eastern Conference playoffs are locked up. Red Bulls need a win and a DC United uh, to drop points. And I think they get their win, but it doesn't matter because DC United's going to win earlier. So,
0: yeah, I I think New York Red Bulls gets this win probably about two to one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Toronto's is in the same boat. Uh, they host Columbus. Um, they need a win, and uh, both the Red Bulls and D.C. United to drop points in order to get a home playoff game. Again, I don't think it matters, but I think Toronto uh, beats Columbus 2-1. Uh, to one.
0: I, I got this one as a trap game. I got Columbus going on their own beating Toronto. Columbus has only lost one since July 13th. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nobody knows that. Nobody's talking about <laughs> it because they've mostly drawn. It's mostly been one-one sucked so yeah, one-one and zero-zero draws. But yeah, yeah. but uh, oh yeah. I think they got a trap game in them here.
1: All right, we already talked about Seattle, Minnesota, uh, Houston Dynamo hosts the LA Galaxy. This is the other match uh, that affects uh, Minnesota. Um, Houston Dynamo. I think uh, what it would be, it would be amazing if uh, there's a LA Galaxy are winning two to one late on, and uh, Christian Ramirez scores a banger for. You know, Chips chips. the goalkeeper, 2-2 two, two draw. He gets a brace put us into to put us game. into a playoff home playoff game.
0: Put the jersey the, in the rafters. The, yeah, I would say, yeah. So hang we'll it.
1: We'll be at the black cart watching this match. Uh, let's just fucking retire. We'll, we'll, just, we'll buy a Houston Dynamo Christian Ramirez jersey Houston on spot. On the yeah. spot and fucking uh, retire it and <laughs> hang it up in the DJ booth at the black cart. Love it. Let's
0: do it. Um, <laughs> so I, I got 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> yeah, but it's the Dynamo. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's I, the Galaxy.
1: They're, they 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 do weird shit all the time too.
0: LA Galaxy. Every game is just a toss of the dice. Uh, but I'm gonna give it to them two to one on the road against Houston.
1: All right. So you think we finish uh, third place then? Yes. That Galaxy would jump us in yes, Seattle. The tie, the tie from our. No, actually, you would... know, we would actually finish in fourth place because Galaxy would jump us and Seattle beats oh, us. So yeah, we, we would finish. Or That's Seattle it. would finish second. Galaxy would finish there. We'd be in fourth place, so we would host RSL. Uh, is that your? That's what you're that's thinking. That's the way it shakes
0: out, I guess. Okay.
1: Um, all right. I, I mean, I like. All right. We got RSL's number. I like RSL. So, all right. Uh, last two games are in the Eastern Conference and both have uh, some uh, playoff implications. Philadelphia hosts NYCFC. NYCFC has uh, locked up uh, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, and uh, they really have nothing to play for. I'm guessing they're going to rest some players. Philadelphia has everything to play for. They're trying to get that second seed uh, mm-hmm. and host the second round of the playoffs. Um, I have it. Philadelphia went in
0: 2-1. Yeah, this, this should be a good game. These are, these are two uh, excellent teams in the East. Um, I, I kind of got to give the edge to Philadelphia right now. New York City FC has been on a tear since april yeah um but i think philadelphia has a little bit more to play for here and playing at home i think they're gonna get i'll say three to two out of this yeah
1: and then uh the last game atlanta united hosts the new england revolution uh both teams have things to play for they're both in the playoffs obviously atlanta trying to keep maintain that second place uh, spot over philly new england um talking about a job that uh coach of the year candidate has done bruce arena uh, turn this team from a laughing stock to uh, an actual playoff team and actually a, a good team right now um they if you know with a win and some stuff that happens they could jump all the way as high as fifth place in the eastern conference i think but i don't, I don't think it matters i think atlanta united uh secures the victory um like two to nothing uh, against uh doing revolution
0: um yeah i'll buy into that same scoreline but yeah uh you know bruce has done a great job with new england uh turning them around uh we should probably coach the U.S. national team. See what
1: he can do. With that. <laughs> let's not go. Let's not. Uh, let's not go that far. Um, all right. So we got some fucking answers. We got some really good questions uh, this week. Thank you all for uh, for asking great questions. Uh, I'm just gonna pre- uh, preface it. Next week we're gonna have uh, the original Minnesota Soccer Podcast Godfather uh, Bruce DeNord, uh, Bruce McGuire. He's gonna be uh, in with us to talk about playoffs. Where we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the awards uh, stuff. Uh, I preface or I. Uh, uh, uh tease that in the uh in the twitter and then we just ran out of time guys it was not uh <laughs> we'll talk about it later but <laughs> we'll talk about it later well uh, we'll yeah, we'll talk about it next week um so we have a, some questions though uh some of them are actually maybe tie into a little bit about that stuff uh question 1 uh from uh Jergesen, uh at gerjessen asks uh do you still hate inchy um and i would can say you, can with you,
0: with you answer this in like 15 seconds because every podcast we do you yes. go into like a with like unplanned 10 minute range with the him. with the
1: heat of a thousand suns i still do um this week the the reason is basically what i said earlier th- just not giving abara two minutes a fucking two minute cameo um yeah and i will talk a little bit more about why he's the why the coach of the year arguments for him are fucking terrible next next week let's let's, be, let's put yeah, it that yeah, way let's tease tg off of that one so yeah
0: um, I'll, I'll i'll say that uh my, my hate for him has been less than yours um I think the good and the bad all goes in, but um, I, I definitely had sort of stake my claim that I wish we had another coach uh, a while ago. Now, yeah. uh, I w- I will say that um, all said, he had lousy players the first two years and he got lousy results. He had better players the next year and he got better results. I don't think at any point he has taken the some of the parts and made the whole better than that. Yeah. So uh, is he a is he a a, a dirty shitty coach? Maybe not. Uh, is there a better coach out there? I
1: absolutely believe that. We'll talk about that in a, in a second here. We had a question related to that. Um, right. <clears throat> what is the chance? Uh, so, Wasa Aluns asks uh, What is the chance that Heath says to himself, fuck Toy and Angelo, and starts Dunladi instead? <laughs> Um, hashtag percent. MNUFC hashtag Heath out. It was literally a zero chance. Yeah, it was zero a chance, literally I zero guess. chance. Uh, God, yeah. I mean, Delotti is you know not long for this world in terms of uh, Minnesota United. There's not so. even
0: a tactical reason to do that. I mean, I I assume that this would literally question be like the, a
1: fucking spite to like just be like, you know what, yeah. fuck it, I don't care. I- I assume this question was just meant to
0: make fun of Heath.
1: Probably yes. Okay. Yeah. At okay. gotcha. uh, Prof Cedar asks, um, if you were in charge of MNUFC's UFC's ad campaign for the awards season, what would you do? So we didn't really talk about the uh, say campaign. Um, we're not going to. I'm not going to say too much about it. If you want to uh, see what I think about it, you can um, follow me at Texas Zeller. I have a few uh, a few tweets about it, and some and some I have engaged with some other folks about it. So I'm not going to say too much about it, other than. Um, You know, I would say I like the ethos of the campaign. I like the the sentiment of the song and what it says about um, Midwestern values. I think if you just do that and you didn't include the uh, random uh, MLS dweebs um, like the Matt Doyles and Andrew Wiebes of the world as like in, in the front of it. I think it would have been fine you'd have been like listen midwesterns work hard we know we don't get the respect that we deserve we're gonna earn that respect and we're gonna and we're gonna earn it the hard way because that's how we do it Mm -hmm. i would say totally fine totally cool like that would have been i wouldn't have changed much other than like literally just take up those random quotes from uh the mls extra time radio show Um, and you could have done the same. You could have you could have had the, the same slug intro. You could have had because the, the, his intro is great. It Talks about how Midwesterners uh, work hard and, and don't get the respect that they think they deserve, and we you know we have this chip on our shoulder, and Minnesotans and Midwesterners do, and that is totally fine. And I you would I wouldn't have changed much of anything if you that's what you wanted to do. The way they did it was what irked me and set me in a in a uh, spirally death spiral death spiral <coughs> um, down uh, a free website Twitter.com. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, otherwise you could you could really you really could hype up like just how great the acquisitions have been um, and how much the difference that they've made. And there's lots of I mean, you know, there's lots of really great Minnesota artists that you could do that with with Lizzo. Um, again, atmosphere is like they have some great songs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, just, I don't know. What about you? Would you have, what would you do if you were in charge of their, their ad campaign? And it is an ad campaign. I For mean, rewards, say say what you will about, you know, the, the PR team. The PR team is there. You're right. I, when we talked about this off podcast, like about uh, they're, they are about selling merchandise and, you know, mm-hmm. selling tickets. But they're also about, like, trying to get this team accolades. Uh-huh. And we'll talk about that next week a little bit more. But, you know, what would you what would you have done?
0: I think it'd be, well, so... Turn the, on your turn
1: on your marketing brain.
0: Uh, yeah. So, so with that last thing you said about getting accolades, this wouldn't do that. But I, I thought it'd be funny to do something that. Like aggressively opposite of that because we've got this uh, now we've got this vibe where it's just like nobody respects us. We're gonna get him. We're gonna like. I thought it'd be, if you really want to go Midwestern with it, make it more boring. Make it about us like going about workaday shit. But because like, well,
1: like a Bob just, Dylan's like a Rolling Stone or something like in the background, more boring than that. More boring I, I mean, than Bob I'm Dylan. Ta- I'm
0: talking about I'm talking <laughs> about like some like just uh, like a guy fishing. Like there's a whole bunch of chaos going on and stuff like that, and people fighting and scoring, and they're trying to do all this kind of like I'm gonna get this spot. No, I'm, no, we're gonna do. No, you suck. We suck. And then we just are just like in the foreground, just like whatever, <laughs> like because like, we because I I honestly I don't think the Midwestern ethos is that we work hard and we know we don't get respect and fucking we we don't crave the kind of attention and res, quote unquote respect that that suggests. Apparently we do. I, that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. No. <laughs> Part of the Midwestern ethos is yes that we work hard, and also that that's enough. Yeah, that's all we need, and that's a cool vibe, and I'm proud of that vibe. I'm proud that I don't need to stand at that. Well, I have a fucking podcaster, so clearly I'm <laughs> craving some kind of attention. But yeah. I'm, I'm glad to just stick a spade in the earth and do some work, and then say, "All right, that's enough."
1: Yep. See, I crave attention and awards, so that's, yes. that's my that is my downfall. I'm I'm not a true Midwesterner, even though I- you. Growing up here my entire life, but no. yes, I've I've gotten that from many people who've grown up Work here. Like, you're not harder. you're not from here, are you? And I was like, no, no, I, I born and raised. <laughs> All right, this is why I started a podcast uh, with you. Um, At Elfveeb asks, what the fuck will this team look like next year? As it seems most of our depth, as it seems most of our depth players are leaving because Heath has his group of eighteen, maybe nineteen. He likes and others never get to play. Uh, he also points out also just found the pot a week ago and man this is instantly in the top of my next list so oh, great uh, yeah thanks um I, you know i don't i, I it it, al- it also astounds me that people like are st- still finding our our shit yeah <laughs> like that's great that
0: if like if you were going to find it you'd found it yeah also it uh you
1: if you uh, if you see us ever at a watch party or whatever buy us a beer That's <laughs> the that's the nicest thing you could do um <laughs> what do you think the scene will look like next? Year? we've we've talked about this a little bit um you know i there's it's weird because there's there are certain players that are out of contract um we have a lot of uh players that we have options on um so we can pick up um but then there's a lot of players like um Rasmus Schuler, who's not even making the 18s anymore uh who is definitely gone so what do you think
0: I, so I mean f- first of all we've done this before um you know we've gone through this kind of uh he just found the of,
1: podcast you know, man so let's what's what's answer the no no, question. no I'm
0: not talking about us on this podcast yes. I'm talking about the team has gone yeah. through this kind of our bench is not even going to look like people that used to be on this team last year like the team has gone through this kind of thing before um 19 is 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 a lot of folks that's, yeah that's the large part of the roster so yeah um that is that includes bench so yep. I, th- I think that i think that's pretty good in terms of those round out guys uh, you have to see what's going to happen in the super draft it's impossible to predict i don't follow college soccer enough to to be no, able to yeah. say Here's 50. No 80, one does. You should look out for it. Um, anybody who tells you <laughs> that
1: they do is, has something to sell yeah. you. Um. So so you have to consider that. Um. And this team has been active in the in the super draft too. So, I yeah, mean, it would yeah. it would not surprise me if we see one. I mean, I think White Almsberg is probably on this roster next year, especially if since mm-hmm. Brent will probably be serving the rest of his suspension at the beginning of the year. So yeah. definitely, I think White Almsberg is definitely going to get a shot as a a bench role in, in the central midfield or central mm-hmm. defense. Sorry. Um. Other than that, I mean, this team has been active in the in the draft, and they they draft players that they will give a opportunity to. With you know, obviously, we see Sonny Dotson mm-hmm. and uh, Chase Gasper this year, and Mason Toy last year, and Dunlady the year before. So,
0: well, and remember, it, you it, it's not just about or necessarily about finding backup players. Although you find a backup player, great, bring him on. Um, but you, ideally, you're finding great <laughs> players that are going to push. Robin Lud down one peg, you know. You find you find a left winger, a left back too. All. That would oh, yeah. that would push uh,
1: chase Gasper down the ab-
0: absolutely, and then and then you do have an elite bench because the guys who we were very happy with this year find themselves competing for time. You know that that's yeah. never comfortable for them personally, but that's kind of the dream, isn't it? To yeah. find such great players that you have that kind of competition at those places. Yeah. I mean,
1: I love Brent Coleman. Brent Coleman should probably be your fourth option as a center back, right? Right. Yeah. Like ideal, like ideally, like you have international duty and a guy gets you know yellow card suspension and, and Brent Coleman is a is a very capable very fourth capable. center back yeah. or even a, you know he's a pretty capable third center back um, but he definitely shouldn't be you know as much You're as marquee. I love Brent he definitely not should Ike. not be a yeah he's not like he's not in honestly he's not Michael Boxall um, as much as you know Michael Boxall has been you know was kind of has been kind of all over the map at least at the beginning of the year he's, he's definitely settled down and, and has figured out his shit so, um so yes if Brent Coleman is your fourth center back you're in a really good position, right? If white, white, Wy- is your fourth center back. You're in a really good position, I think. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think it's going to look much different than it is. Well, I mean, we'll see. Um, I mean, the biggest questions I think are, um, how much cone progresses. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm assuming Minnesota will pick up DQ's option. I it would not surprise me if they, sh- if they're shopping Darwin Quintero this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Miguel Ibarra has options, uh, in uh, apparently in like some second division Europe sides. Um, so my guess is he's not even. I mean, I would love to see him stay in MLS, um, but I don't necessarily know if Minnesota, the you know Manny and, and Amos in the front office want him to stay in Minna, stay in the MLS. I think they'd rather him probably not come back and bite them in the ass in in MLS. Yeah. Um. So would not surprise me if if uh, if Miguel. I mean Miguel Miguel's gone for sure. I think Rasmus is gone. Right. Um. And you know, and there's definitely a few other players that sort of fit that bill, but. And I don't think you are gonna see. I mean, unless I think ideally we get make we make one or two major upgrades in the starting eleven. Um, and ideally, I think that's like I do, I think that's left wing and and left back. Mm-hmm. But you can also see um, uh, forward too. I mean, it would not surprise me if uh, or a, a attacking midfielder if we move Darwin Quintero and bring someone else in. Yeah. So, anyways.
0: Oh. A lot of moving parts. Tough to say.
1: Yeah. Um, kraus uh, GA, Ben kraus Gagne asks, you must, each must give your case for Heath winning Coach of the Year. I will take my answer on the pod. So we're not talking about the, the Coach of the Year stuff. Um, maybe we should save that. We, we're going to save this one for, uh, for the next week because sure. we, I think that makes a lot more sense. So. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Ben. Um, listen next week to the podcast. Uh, Mike Saulin asks, if we lose in Seattle, where does that leave your feelings on the season?
0: It wouldn't change them at all. The, yeah, uh, that's too small a sample size to decide that you're going to get all pissed off about it. It would suck, but you go on the road and lose. A lot of teams go on the road and lose to Seattle. Um, we still could get a, even a home playoff game if that had. I, I don't want to lose to Seattle, but that would not change my feelings about the season
1: at all. Yeah, I think yeah, it doesn't. Um, my the only thing that changes my feelings on the season uh, in terms of like uh, personnel and the front office is how we do in the playoffs honestly like we made the playoffs that was the bare minimum goal um i i always said at least at the beginning of the season my bare minimum goal for Heath staying was hosting a playoff game and i've been as we've sort of gone on i've changed it now i want to win that first playoff game i you know even still i'm i think you know for a second c we should definitely be playing in a you know potentially a conference championship mm-hmm. um i don't i don't want to keep you know moving the moving the bar i don't think that is uh 100 percent fair but i i also don't think that adrian heath is a good coach and i think like you know i feel like I need to move the bar to like for my own personal sanity um so but yeah i don't think that uh i don't think that changes what happens on uh on sunday doesn't change that the season i think was ultimately a successful season for for minnesota yep. and, and and for the fans i mean we S- still feel good we lost that. one game at home um we won like thir- you know 13 games at home with like with the open cup stuff like mm-hmm uh, we made you know i think one of the biggest things i was worried about was the um tcf versus allianz was that tcf a lot of teams just rested the rest of their best players because they're playing on turf and all that it was like mm-hmm. well what if they're actually playing on grass well we found out the grass wasn't all that great so maybe <laughs> tough to say but yeah. but most of the teams played their best players and we still we still maintained uh, uh allianz uh, uh, being a fortress we, we i think held our own against them yeah the 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 wonderwall um the fans have been fucking amazing and i think uh ultimately i think this season is successful whether i mean even if we lose in seattle we lose our first round playoff game this is a successful season now does that justify giving adrian heath another another three years probably not in my opinion but i think this was a successful season regardless yeah so 100 percent agree uh, F sharp A sharp asks, uh, "Who are your d- definitely leaving the team this winter? Picks we I think we Miguel, talked Miguel about that. Miguel for is, sure, Rasmus Schuler for sure. I think is gone. Yeah, um, um,
0: if you want, this is an extension one. Uh, I think Dun- uh, Dunlotti, um is gone. I, I yeah, think Dunlotti,
1: So Dunladi loses his uh, his GA status, right? And so they're not going
0: to they're not going to pay him second contract money. No, um, for what he does." Uh, this is an extension uh, but I think Carter Manley probably isn't part of the broader program um, nope
1: uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Vito I mean Vito is on a loan um, yeah. so I think I think they're gonna try I think they're, I think gonna, they're try gonna try to try keep him
0: if the, if it doesn't work it's not because they didn't try that's my thought yeah 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 he's um, certainly not on a definitely leaving this winter list
1: no no for sure and then uh, yeah I, I mean Honestly, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they. I mean, the Coleman has, they have an option on Coleman, uh, or I think Coleman is actually signed through this year. I don't think it's even an option. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they shop Coleman either. Um, I could I see just, that, but I,
0: they they better replace it because then we started getting thinner faster.
1: I mean, they have Wyatt Olmsberg, who's who's held his own in Madison, and you know has has actually he has actually held his own when he played came up and played in a couple of uh, exhibition games. But again, exhibition games. I to, I I'm with you. I don't think we should sell. I I mean, I guess. But Larry Olm is he back next year? That guy's. Well, he seemed he seemed like an absolute
0: round out your roster guy. I mean, he's he's you know Larry Olm is
1: will old. be thirty. Yeah, he'll be thirty six next year yeah. in July.
0: So I, I think I think it depends on what else you. I think I think you're shopping for other guys who can do that. And if you don't find him, then you keep him. But you can't sit around forever and wait to find that out either. But yeah. I don't think they're keeping him for him. I think they're keeping him. If they can't find a better thing And because he's just a He's a well-rounded vet. Yeah Oh by the way LAFC killer He he started both the LAFC <laughs> games True So yeah.
1: clearly he's the fucking glue He's the guy He is the guy Um, Alright Final question uh, David A. Sterling asks Is toys slump signs of his raw talent Arrogance that he was pushing number one Or both
0: Is his slump a sign of his raw talent Meaning he doesn't have as much talent Is that what the question is uh, I don't know
1: that's, that's what it said on Twitter Okay Um,
0: um well first of all toy might have some arrogance uh i i don't think he's arrogant i think that he i think he has a temper i think he can do some douchey things but i don't think that's the same as arrogance um he's slumping because he's a striker yeah like they're notoriously streaky and not everyone is going to be joseph martinez and hit 15 games in a row yeah i think he's playing like a 23 year old striker
1: I also think. I mean, you, we've seen Angel Rodriguez go into slumps and Darwin Quintero go into slumps with this yeah, with this roster. I think there's just. I think this uh, this offense is not as dynamic as um, as we think it to be because we right. we because we've seen this offense score like score goals mm-hmm. like score a lot of goals. Um, so we just assume that that is how that offense should be. And and yeah. you know and everybody talks about Adrian. He's as the striker whisperer, and yeah. you know everybody keeps banging on about that and banging on about it, whatever. Um, coach of the year mother you know fucker whatever uh I, I think it's just there's we have we have some issues with connecting between our midfield and our on our forwards and mm-hmm. i mean you saw like we were like angel Rodriguez was doing everything he possibly could and he just couldn't put a ball in the mm-hmm. net uh last you know the second half of that lafc game yeah. um mason toy uh but I mean, you know, he scored those two goals against LAC, But those guys, those goals were absolute fucking stonkers of goals. And he mm-hmm. had literally like well, that two shots that on net. Not long ago, either. yeah. I mean,
0: we're talking about a slump. What was that? Four games ago. Yeah, he had he two hasn't goals. Even started everyone since. That. Yeah. He's not, he's not so I don't, knows. you know, I
1: don't think it's. I don't even think he's necessarily in a in a slump. Um, and is it a sign of his raw talent or I mean arrogance? I don't think he's arrogant that he's pushed that. number one. I think he like. I think he. Played himself into that number one role. Yeah, he um, it, yeah. You know, he, he he brought the same. Th- he brought a lot of the same stuff that Rodriguez did. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he's not as physical as Angelo Rodriguez in terms of like hold up play, mm-hmm. but he can do a lot more of that hold up play than than say um, and, and do, of, and, do yeah. and do and do more of the stuff that Christian Ramirez couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was younger, so he's faster. Yeah. Um, he was doing a lot of stuff that Christian Ramirez was doing, not as physical as Angelo, but like you know, he, as in terms of an overall um, package. Uh, if you have to pick. You know for the rest of you know for the next 10 years mm-hmm. are you gonna take mason toy or christian ramirez you're gonna take mason toy i think so Yeah. you know 99 of the time right mm-hmm. um not to you know not to harp on christian or whatever but uh yeah so i think he just he 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 ex, you know he exerted himself and pushed himself into that mm-hmm. number one role and angelo did something to take himself out of that number one role i, I don't know. necessarily think that angelo's play was maybe because he doesn't
0: put the, ball on the <laughs>
1: very well could be um so i don't think it's uh i don't yeah he is he slumping maybe um we'll see what happens next week yeah. um we'll see you know how he continues to play uh you know he could put in two goals next week and mm. then we're talking about how mason toy is Go you know the the comeback player of the year or whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> right. um yeah. cool uh anything else on mason toy and his apparent slump no <laughs> okay yeah. all right um so uh you can always find us at dave's uh Rate and review us. So we don't talk about this, but apparently if you rate and review us, uh, more people find our podcast So oh, really? whatever the fuck you uh, listen to this thing, uh rate Smash that like button. Smash that like button, uh five stars, uh only nothing but Ooh, nothing but what's comments. What's up, guys? It's your boy. <laughs> smash that like button. <laughs> Um, you can always follow us at tdikmn on Twitter. I'm at Texas o, or You can find Martin at Offensive Loons. Uh, don't forget, next week we're going to have Bruce, uh, the original, the Godfather of Minnesota United Podcast, Bruce McGuire, um, into talk playoffs because we are in the fucking playoffs. playoffs. We're going to find out. We'll know who we'll play next week too. So we'll talk about that and talk a little bit more about the uh, these awards that we may or may not win. Um, and uh and yeah and re- recap basically redo a part of the podcast that we just lost earlier today so <laughs> what a, what a time to be take alive it, take it home Martin Hey we are the Dave show this has been the day we both know we can't do nothing at all, oh, oh yeah Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. we do, we do, we do our thing as long as you do yours land here become free con yeah uh, we, we do yeah. our things, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our things, do it. Uh, do it we, we, do uh, we do our things, son. Some paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's bad work to be done. We, uh, we, we do our <laughs> things, <laughs> uh, things, son. Uh, I, son, not, I not, can't nothing at all. Yeah, I know we
0: can't do nothing at all.